0: So once I had written four books, I went, oh, I should do something. And then I sat at the computer and started, I joke, putting muscle to bone. I had the skeleton, now I had to flesh it out. And that's really how it started.
1: Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Welcome back to the My Future Business Show. My name is Rick Nusky. It is so wonderful to have you here. And it's also wonderful to have this opportunity to sit with wonderful guests who are making a great deal of difference in the world now. With that being said, today I'd love to uh, welcome to the show fantasy novelist, Danielle M. Orsino. Welcome to the show, Danielle.
0: Thank you so much for having me i'm so excited to be here today
1: oh it's absolutely my pleasure to uh, sit alongside of you and uh, have a discussion about all of your wonderful work, uh, work as a fantasy novelist and on today's call you and i we're going to be talking about your journey as a novelist and we're going to talk about what inspired you to start writing and we're going to lift the lid on your latest book fire ice aston heart along with many many other wonderful topics i'm sure but first things first it's customary for us to spend a bit of time just to learn about you now where's home for you
0: Right now I'm living in Charlotte, North Carolina, USA.
1: Fantastic. It sounds like you've been there a little while.
0: Uh, Yes, my husband relocated here uh, unexpectedly due to COVID. Mm. So we're still getting used to the South just a bit. I'm originally from New York. So this was a bit of a uh, transition.
1: bit of a transition. Wow. So where was it that you grew up?
0: I grew up uh, in Carmel, New York, a little town outside of Manhattan, probably about you know, fifty-five minutes outside of the city.
1: I think it's relevant to talk about childhood, uh, and because sometimes it um, it helps us uh, to look back and see those formative years, and maybe it helped lead us to where we are. In your case, to becoming a novelist. Did do you think your childhood had any impact on your thoughts about novels and writing fantasy and all that sort of thing?
0: Oh, definitely. I was. Uh... I was a geek. I was a geek before it was cool to be a geek, you know, yeah, I was, I was before it was geek chic, it was geek. It was just a geek. Um, (laughs) Yes, I was definitely I was a big Wonder Woman fan. You know, that was my thing was I would go home. I can remember being probably about four years old Mm -hmm. and watching Batman and Robin you know that's what you did yep. you watch batman and robin and then if you were lucky wonder woman came on around that same time or right afterwards and my first my first recollection was seeing yvonne craig as batgirl and then when the green hornet and kato guest starred that blew my mind it was who is kato was the greatest thing in the world to me because he didn't need a utility belt and he got to drive the car
1: yes and that was just mind holy
0: cow he was not robin because robin never got to drive the car and robin always got captured so i really didn't care about robin um i was like who is that and then batgirl came on but batgirl only kicked people which i still thought was really cool and she got her own motorcycle so wow and then i saw kato and i'm like who is that and i want to be him then wonder woman twirled on my screen and the whole world stopped because i was like that is the goddess Oh my gosh, it was just, everything became Linda Carter, and it was just, I mean, she just blew me away, and I think that, probably, without trying to be dramatic, but I'm a novelist, so I'm going to be dramatic, <laughs> changed my life, uh, that was the moment, it was just, everything became Wonder Woman, the underoos, uh, making tinfoil bracelets, taking whatever, you know, when we'd wrap gifts, we'd get like the gold thread around it. Yep. That was my lasso of truth, buying red rain boots so I had the red boots. Everything was Wonder Woman. And that went through childhood, primary school, middle school. I was Wonder Woman every single year for Halloween. Uh if you read my essays as a little kid, it was what do you want to be when you grow up? Wonder Woman.
1: Wonder Woman. <laughs> that was all
0: it. And I think that, you know, from a novel standpoint, that's where I read comics.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you, what was the first um, novel that you actually read yourself as a child? Uh,
0: By myself, the first couple books. I mean, my first book was Hop on Pop that I actually picked up and read by myself. Mm -hmm. So I always joke, you know, that's my first book and that's my favorite book. But uh, Secret of Nim, I remember that kind of changed me because it was the first book I could picture in my head. So that was, a, that was a big deal for me, it was Secret of Nim, And then I think I read The Mystery of Loch Ness, which, once again, was one of those books that changed me because I was watching uh, Leonard Nimoy's In Search Of, and Cryptids became an- another obsession along with <laughs> Wonder Woman. Uh, you know, that kind of formed me. But Secret of Nim was a big deal. And I just, as much as I loved reading, you know, I started to get into fantasy kind of stuff. I read Mists of Avalon. That was another book I loved. I I stuck with my comic books, uh, venturing into reading. I just didn't like being forced to read by school, mm. like Johnny Tremaine. Mm. Oh Hello. my gosh, I couldn't
1: <laughs> ugh. pull my teeth out.
0: <laughs> I was like, what does this have to do with life? Uh, so I'd go right back to comic books. But I would pick up, you know, different books. Like you know, I, like every little kid, I, you know, little girl, I read Sweet Valley High. I read Little House on the Prairie. Those type of books I read, but that was more for my own reading and just to have fun Yeah. that I could do. But when you forced me to read, now I was nah, I was story. a kid that was like, "Ugh, what, you, why am I reading this?"
1: You know, it, it, I've always got a special spot on the show for authors because I know that the journey can be um, challenging at times. But I guess it's a little bit different um, for a fantasy novelist. Maybe there are some. Um, specific challenges that you would need to go through, but intertwined in all of that is your ability to tell stories. Now, how important have stories um, been throughout your life? And how do you mix them into the books that you've created?
0: It's funny, because when people ask me about, you know, just storytelling in general, Mm -hmm. and how it mixes in, I guess I never, it was never a conscious Thought right. I didn't think about it in that sense. A lot of my books, it's the characters are based on people I know, so that always played into memories and things that we did together and how that, that intradynamic play between people,
1: mm-hmm. that those
0: interpersonal skills, that played into it. But I never sat back and thought about storytelling yeah, in, yeah. in that sense. Uh, I'm also the kid who got in trouble, you know, for rewriting stories a lot because I didn't (laughs) like the endings, (laughs) you know, so it's hard to say. And I think comics, once again, played a big part because I could get lost in a comic and there was always a new story the following week, you know, or, uh, you know, you could read X-Men 193 and then read uncanny x men with a, with a different team the yep. following week, while you waited for, you know, uh, the amazing Spider Man to come out, you know, there was always just uh, a something always going on. different flow.
1: I'd love to, I'd kind love to get lost. I'd love to ask you while I'm thinking about it, Danielle, do you like to watch, um, you know, Netflix, because there are a lot of great, um, I guess, shows that are on there at the moment that are along the same vein? Do you find yourself at all absorbed in any of those?
0: I really love, uh, I've been watching the Orville. Mm -hmm. I I, I love the Orville because I do like its take on uh, Star Trek.
1: I think it's really interesting
0: that he's been able to, that Seth MacFarlane can walk that line and not get in any trouble. Um, I I find it just amazing what he's done with sci-fi and this new take on sci-fi and how he's taken some of what's going on in society right now and woven it into sci-fi drama. I think what he's doing on the Orville, absolutely amazing. Uh, what am I watching on Netflix right now? I've been watching a lot of actually, documentary stuff and David Letterman's interviews, I things like that. Yep. I think that's his sit-down stuff. I absolutely love his one-on-one interviews. I think that's been really great. Um, I don't think I have gotten away from it. I watched The Witcher, did watch The Witcher, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting since it came from a novel perspective. Before it was a video game, I'm, I'm kind of into what they're doing with the original source material. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting. I did watch uh, some of the newly adapted stuff that, and I can't say I was all that impressed. Uh, I did not, I love Discovery of Witches. I enjoyed the books tremendously. I thought what Deborah Harkness did was beautiful. Didn't love the adaptation. Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah. Didn't <laughs> Painful. Love it. It, was, uh, it was rushed. Rushed, yeah. But I do like um, some of the, I love the boys. I think yep. what the boys are doing, great. Yep. I, I love, you know, once again it's coming from a comic book, uh, original source material is comic book. Love what they're doing. Invincible. I think it's really great. So there's some really cool stuff out there that I think is coming from an original mind and we're not seeing the same reboots mm-hmm. over and over. Yeah. So I think there's there's some great stuff. Would I like to see maybe some more female voices? Maybe so. Yeah, I mm-hmm. wouldn't mind seeing some stuff, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I would really like to see that. I would like to see maybe some more animation. You know, I liked Castlevania. Yeah. thought Castlevania was really well done. Uh, I was... I The He-Man reboot, I'm a little... Eh, yeah, you not know. Sure I was about... really excited to see it. But, but... then I kind of went... No. Nah. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I just kind of on that. Yep. But I do appreciate what they tried to do with it. I yep. do. So we'll see what happens in the next season. Mm-hmm. There's some, you know, there's some really cool stuff out there. I'm always open
1: yeah, I can tell yeah, you are. I mean, yeah. And what, what gets me is you're, you're highly educated in this, in this space. And that's what really fascinates me about you. I, I hear you talking about comics, and I look at your wonderful costumes, which we're going to talk about why uh, that is um, later on in the, in, the, in the show. Tell us, do you go to Comic-Con and um, you know, go to cosplay? Do you do all those
0: things? Yes, I'm a fixture. Uh, New York Comic Con <laughs> knows me well. Uh, I just made my first debut at Heroes Con in Charlotte. And, Congratulations. Uh, I learned, thank you, I learned on Fridays they don't really cosplay there. Learned the hard way when I showed up in total gold as Wonder Woman 84. Oh, wow. I was the only one walking around. <laughs> um, kind of funny dare to be uh, different down in charlotte you don't walk around like that <laughs> but that's okay that's okay we learned uh i had an absolute ball i went the second day as harley quinn and um, i met some lovely people beautiful the third day i uh, i met chris Clare. i had the nerve to meet chris claremont in oh. full linda carter wonder woman garb <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was funny because i asked to take a picture and he looked at me and he went even though you're dressed as the enemy i'll allow it <laughs> and i have to laugh because He's one of my heroes. And I thought, well, he's got brand recognition and brand identity and loyalty, and I'll give him a lot of credit. But he did take the picture with me in well full Wonder Woman gear. Well done. <laughs> um, I met Jim Steranko, who's another one of my heroes. Uh, and they both asked me for my book. And at that point, there was a little bit of this surreal moment oh. where I kind of sat back and I was, I was talking to Jim Steranko. And the first day when I was dressed as Harley, I was getting an autograph and we were talking. And I said, well, I'm an author. And he joked, he went, you can't blame me for that, sweetie. And we had like a nice little discussion. And then he said, what have you written? And we started talking and he went, um, are you staying here? Do you live around here? I said, oh, I live around here, but, you know, I'm coming back. He goes, you're coming tomorrow. And I said, yeah, he goes, well, would you bring me a copy? And my husband actually had to put his hand on my back and steady me yes. because I got a little wobbly.
1: Really? That's surreal.
0: And he was he was looking at me like, "What's wrong with you, kid?" Like, yeah. You know, and I went, "You want a copy of my book?" And he was like, "Yeah." And I said, "Uh, okay." And he went, "Will you, will you sign it to me?" And once again, it was like one of those. I'm sorry. Did, Hang on. Did you, Jim Sterank, the Jim? I was like, uh, okay, yeah, sure. And <laughs> you know, and I was like. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. I will. Uh huh.
1: Consider and the it next done.
0: day, I came back. I was dressed as when I was waiting, and then his handler waved me over, and I was going through the whole spiel again. And his handler stopped me. He went, "Honey, I know who you are." Just chill. Uh, out. Uh, he goes. He's been waiting for you. <laughs> and my husband looked at me. He went, "I got to go get the mat because she's going to pass out or something <laughs> right now." He's like, "So, can you just take it slow?" And I went well you he's got a line i don't want to he goes no 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 so he goes over and he goes you know and he talked to me he goes this is her and he went oh you came back and then we're having this and i was just one of those out-of-body experiences i wow. was like thank you for he sharing was so nice yes it was, it was just lovely oh, i had a I great love- time but yeah I go every year, totally done up.
1: Every, every moment in time that we can piece together forms the story of our life, doesn't it? And, I, and I'd and i love yeah. to, if we could talk about the journey uh, of the, I guess, the initial genesis of why it was that you even started to write books. Cause I know it's a fascinating experience that was born from your, pro- uh, your professional background. Would you mind sharing?
0: I was uh, working as a nurse as an LPN a licensed practical nurse in a Lyme disease clinic uh, in Westchester County. So I was basically doing IV fusions for patients who would drip every single day. Lyme disease, as as people may or may not know, is still a very divisive disease treatment-wise. Mm. The medical community is still undecided on what exact, how exactly it should be treated. The doctor I worked for was a little more aggressive than most and decided that IV infusions should be done every single day, seven days a week, no break. Uh, and these patients had seen other doctors, and she was kind of the last hope. So I had a patient that I had grown very close to. We both start. I started my job, he started his drip, the same day.
1: So we oh, were wow. walking this
0: path together. Yeah. And so, therefore, we became close. We were football fans. Granted, he was a Baltimore Raven fan, but that's that's just you know. And um, after it was probably about a year and a half half of him dripping he just didn't want to do it anymore he had uprooted his life and he wanted to get back to his job so the deal he had struck with the doctor was I will drive five hours drip my two turn around and go home on a Wednesday I will then return on Friday drip Friday Saturday Sunday early Monday and then go home I kind of knew this wasn't going to work but okay that's what you want to do so I changed my schedule so I would work with the patients on Wednesdays with the doctor and i would be there when he would come in Mm. and so we were doing this and after about three weeks he finally said danny i don't want to do this anymore i said well you'll backslide so we had a whole conversation He said, we'll do something to keep me in the chair okay tell me something about yourself whatever and he made in passing a comment that he'd been recruited by the cia out of college and I was like, oh, you could have found out what was in Roswell. You know, we made some <laughs> jokes about, you know, the usual, like yeah, you go down it. that cryptid kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And he said, no, it was for the trends and intentions, a very boring division of the CIA. I said, oh, and he goes, I didn't take it. We talked about why, whatever. And then uh, I said, well, you know who really is Lyme is to blame? And he said, yep, Plum Island, once again, you know, conspiracy theories. And out of my mouth to this day, I don't know why I said this. I said, no, we'll blame the Fae. Blame the Fae? And I don't know why I said it, because I wasn't reading any Fae books. I was on a vampire kick at the time. And he went, who are the Fae? And I went, oh, some big CIA agent like you. You know all about the Fae. And he went, well, who are they? And I went, you know, fairies. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry, come again, like Tinkerbell. And I went, no, fairies. I said, they're angels, once again, don't know why I said this, who were locked out of heaven between the war with god and lucifer and he went oh and i said but i know why you're here you're really a cia agent who's here to see if the nurse and i pointed to myself is um the brains behind this whole operation and she's a (laughs) fey human hybrid Uh, (laughs) and he went yeah that's why i'm here (laughs) and i went yeah that's why and so i sat down and told him this story and i made him agent graham because he liked graham crackers so he became graham and i was like you know i just wove this story and when something would happen i would just make it up so if you know the dog the my doctor had a dog it was a big black lab and i was like the black dragon who was the dark bay king's companion i would just make stuff make up it as up. It happened in the iv room yeah yeah wow. just off the top of my head and I wove everybody into the story, and I just started Birth of the Fay, and that's how it all how came it started. To be.
1: What a fascinating story! That's incredible. I um, I you've obviously got a, a very caring, generous heart who loves to help others in need, and it's a wonderful um, thing. I also want to know um, how you go from you know taking those thoughts, those random thoughts on the fly, and actually putting pen to paper, and actually starting to write an actual book. What's the process?
0: I didn't think I would ever do it, to be quite honest with you. I did not set out. It was this patient pushing me, as I told him bits and pieces Uh. of the story. He would say, you need to go and write this down. You have to go. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. (laughs) But, you know, I was like, I'm going to go be a PA and, you know, physician's assistant. I'm going to go pump rustling in people's faces. Like, I got my life planned out. You know, I'm (laughs) I'm going to make money. I ain't got time for this. (laughs) You know, blah, blah, blah. But he kept urging me and the funny thing is when i would go to bed at night whatever i told him i would play in my head like a movie so it was still in my head and i kept i was even wondering like why am i still thinking of this but it was there and it was i was playing it and i'm like yeah you know maybe they would do this or i would think of another piece so my brain just went yeah you're gonna need this later and kind of filed it away and then i just decided after he really urged me on i'm like. Okay, you know what? I'm going to, I'll write it down. So I, I picked up a a journal because once again, I didn't think like I'm going to type it. I hand wrote it. Yeah, wow. But as I started writing it, I went, oh, well, people are going to wonder where the Faye came from because I sat down and wrote a scene uh, from what will, what people will read later on is the next, another book that featured uh, my patient's literary persona, Agent Graham. And I went, oh, they're going to want to know where the Faye came from. And I would pick up a journal and write. Okay, and I just write a scene from there. you know, that and then I would pick up another journal, and go, Oh, but they're gonna wanna know this and so I had these journals with half books written in all of them. And I didn't know what to do, so I just kept writing. Get and running, I hand wrote all these books not knowing what I was really doing. Like when people joke, Are you a pot you know, a pantser or a plotter? I'm like Is that a sexual thing? I don't know what the heck you're talking about. I don't, I don't get what you're saying. Um, Speak English. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I don't know what an Oxford comma is. Is that on my keyboard? What? You know, I have no idea what's going on. I mean, nothing that I, I just didn't know. So once I had written four books and hand wrote them, I went, oh, I should do something. And then I sat at the computer and started I joke putting muscle to bone. I had the skeleton, now I had to flesh it out, and that's really how it started.
1: Yeah, that's incredible. How long did it actually take for you to uh, put it all together? Was it years and months? Or
0: uh, the first four books, writing handwritten, took n- about nine months. Mm-hmm. Then locked out of heaven. Probably from that nine-month point, if I add on locked out of heaven, was probably about two years. You wow. know, give or take. Yeah, getting it you know yeah. all there uh the rest of them have just kind of flowed because they were all partially written and done you know the, like not that everybody anybody wants to read those first drafts trust me you don't um uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, want to they're yeah they're they're quite a mess you know jarvok king jarvok's real name was Farjok. it was just by the time <laughs> i got from the paper to the computer my dyslexia kicked in and he became jarvok in my head he was like oh i like that name better go yeah. with that you know? <laughs> he's like do that it was little things of uh, the dragon research that probably took me the longest to figure out can I get my dragons to fly how will they breathe fire all that stuff those became the incidentals but the meat and really making honing it and making sure it made sense
1: yeah
0: um you know the the first release was a pain it was just the you know, dealing with the first publisher before I was picked up by Four Horsemen. And then they came in and was like, OK, we're going to re-edit. We're going to redo the covers. This is how we're going to do it. All of that. All of that so,
1: wonderful stuff that goes on in the background. Yeah. Well, you moved yeah. on and uh, you've um, your latest book is called Fire, Ice, Acid and Heart. Tell us, the, yes. I guess, the background about this wonderful book.
0: This is my first novella. It takes place in between From the Ashes, which is book three, and Kingdom Come, which is book four. It was done really out a labor of love. Uh, my best friend from high school, Jennifer, who's also the inspiration for Lady Serena, the character, told me her dog, Callie, had passed away. And yeah. she had asked me to honor the dog. Cause she knew my dog, Los is uh, a dragon in the book. So I said, I'll make Callie a dragon. And she, I said, what do you want her to be? And she said, a fire breather. I said, great. I wrote a short story about um, Callie, and I called her Callie And I said, how about... You know i do a training story and i said i'll make you another i said since you're a light fay i'll make you a dark fay in this one i'll call you and her last name is Gennaro, so i said how about your genera and she's like great and i made this little short story about them meeting and Callie being allergic to snow pollen and you know just blowing everything up and you know cute little whatever and it was maybe a page and a half and i gave it to jen as just a here you go here's my little way of kind of honoring you and she was like oh this is lovely she read it and she's like you should turn this into something. into something. So I gave it to my publisher and I said, I have this little short story and she, they read it. And she was like, what about, what if you made this a novella? And I'm like, I don't know what the heck a novella is to be honest, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I, I'm thinking like a telenovela. I'm like, what do you mean? And she was like, no, like a little, you know, about 25,000 and I was like, all right, let me think about it. Cause I was like, how am I gonna weave this into something? And then I started thinking about my dragons and a lot of my readers were like, are we ever going to get a dark face centric dragon story? And I said, you know, I might have something. And so I asked Jen some more story for more stories about her and Callie and just how Callie was as a dog and how they interacted. And I realized that Callie was really her heart and her home. And I thought. Well, maybe the Dark Fae, this is how they are with their dragons. And I came up with this idea of these dragons going through a tournament to find out who the best of the best are to enter their fighting ranks. And what if I had Callie and Genera really with their backs up against the wall? How would these two act and what would happen and what's going on inside the walls of Bloodhaven and things like that? And I decided to just make a love letter to pet owners. You know we all have pets of some kind a lot of us and they really are our heart and our home and absolutely i know i have dogs as we do yeah yeah they're characters in my books and and they're my little ones so i thought you know let, let me honor that so it's this novella centers around the dark bay and their attachment to their dragons and the dragons being attached to them because i didn't i didn't want in my series dragons to just be weapons of mass destruction mm-hmm. villains or just those side characters where it's like oh yeah that's my dragon he just stands behind me and looks mean the dragons actually fight side by side and they all have to protect an egg in kind of this battle of capture the flag but you have to work with your dragon
1: you have a magnificent mind. I wonder, is there an endpoint to this, uh, this series of books or are you continually writing and you find it hard to stem the flow of creativity as such?
0: <laughs> I don't have like a set point where I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to do 10 books and that's it. that's it. I don't have it. I kind of have this idea that I'm going to go until I feel I've told everybody's stories and given them the respect and then I'll back out because yep. my characters, I joke that I have enough voices in my head, uh, but I <laughs> i really do. I kind of feel like I'm their custodians and they tell me. Yep. I've i have literally had characters. I have one character in Diga who's, I call her Eloise in the palace. Uh, she pops in and when she wrote, she literally popped into my head playing cherry bomb and she was like, get up and tell my story.
1: And oh, I was wow. like, oh yes,
0: ma'am. Okay. okay. And <laughs> I had no plans on writing a six year old. And she was like, no, no, no. I'm going to throw your whole plot
1: <laughs> out the, in the
0: air." <laughs> and here we go. And I was like, oh, so sometimes these characters just pop up and they're like, it's time to tell my story. So I'm going to go for as long as I feel the creative reservoir is there and I'm putting out quality. Yes. And everybody's been told in a respectful way. If I feel like, oh, I'm just telling it to tell it, then no. Then I'm done. I'm, tell, you know.
1: Tell me something. That's it. Um, you, mm-hmm. the way that you talk about your characters and the way they come about, I think of many different authors, and, uh, and 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 who have gone on to big movies because of their skill. And it is a skill, there's no way I could do what you do. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about who you think your your style closely relates to? Is there
0: anyone? I'm not 100% It's a hard, that's a hard question. I mean, I'm grateful for the question, but at the same point, it's a hard question because I'm still developing Mm -hmm. and I'm not 100% sure. There's people I admire, you know, Anne Rice, I I admired very, very much. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her Queen of the Damned book was amazing, but I'm not sure if there's one author that I'm like, oh, I write like that because I feel like I'm still learning so much Yes. that it's hard for me to say, oh, I'm like so-and-so, because I feel like, yeah, I'm not quite there yet, but I'd like to be someday. Of course. So I, I'm not 100%, 100% sure. sure. Yep. I think there's people I aspire to be, but it does come down to someone like an Ann Rice or Chris Claremont. I think he's prolific in the sense that his Dark Phoenix saga, I remember reading that and thinking I actually care about the villain. And not uh... just because it was in Jean Grey's body, but... <laughs> the character itself made me feel the Dark Phoenix, the Phoenix entity. I remember thinking, I actually care what happens to you, and you've just obliterated a star system. But when it gave its reasoning, I was like, I actually care about you, and this is the first villain I care about. Yeah, wow. and that I thought was a skill that he had. Yep, that I'm to like, draw you in. Wow. Yes, that's, fantastic. That's pretty cool. So and he, you know, that's
1: cool. I've definitely got a feel for the for the type of, um, I guess, the people that you would uh, look to uh, in some regards. Now, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about Mm -hmm. the artwork. It is absolutely amazing artwork, and you seem to play a central role to this. Tell us a little bit about that.
0: Uh, My dragon, the dragons are done by Pandy Van. Right. She is amazing oh, and course. i i have to say i get down on my knees and thank her because i found her totally by accident mm-hmm. um, but i think it was you know universal guidance at the same time i was at comic con new york and i found another dragon artist who was who was considering working with me and then he said he goes look i'm booked for the year
1: yeah, and um... i'm
0: like yeah well dude uh, yeah this ain't gonna work and he said go on Art." He says, like i can't remember the woman's name he said panda something he's like but i think her work will match and i'm like panda panda, panda. i was like that doesn't you know <laughs> how's that gonna help me so i went on Art and i was looking and i saw pandy's work and i said i think this is the woman he's talking about i don't know and i didn't know she was a woman i didn't know so i think but i wasn't sure but i fell in love with her stuff i remember writing to her and we tried the first dragon, which I think was Los, my, yep. my Yorkie. And she just got me. It was like we just worked and we clicked. And you that wanted. was the first dragon. It was just, it was, you know what it was? If I tell her, hey, I'm thinking of these colors, she will come back and say, this is a great combo. But you know what? Let's think of this. Or no, Danielle, this won't work. Let's, she just, it's just, it just collaboration just there. She, you can't she buy experience me. can you no and it's it's something where all if i tell her hey what if we try this it'll be like oh that was the piece we were missing yeah. yeah so it just it flows we've done uh oracle we're working on oracle cards we're working on a coloring book together right now dragons of the veil we've done a couple different things and if she even has a question she's like danielle i need a different tale what are you thinking uh, and I'll be like, oh, let's do this tail. And she's like, yes, that's what we need. Exactly. That makes sense. Yes. And so it's always this give and take. I, but if I turn around and go, Pandy, I, I just need our mink Holly on top of a moon. Go. Go. That's, that's, I, that's all I have to say to her.
1: Yes. Okay. Well, this has been just one of those conversations that I've absolutely loved the the journey and the reason why you've decided to start what you've started is changing people's lives from patients forward. So it's a real credit to you. And I look forward to seeing some more work coming from your stable. Now, tell us a little bit about um, your website, what people can find on there and where can they get these wonderful books?
0: Oh, thank you. Uh, this has been lovely. I really do appreciate it, first and foremost. So a thank pleasure. you very much. Uh, you can always find me on birthofthefaye and get updated on what's going on. You can also find me on an app called Bookie Call, which okay. is kind of like Tinder for books. Ah, you can find your next yep. great book date. Yep, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Can swipe right or left. <laughs> uh, which I think is kind of cool. And Locked Out of Heaven does have a dating profile, <laughs> so if you're looking to maybe date me, I would say go to Bookie Call. And uh, on iOS or Apple, and kind of find your next book date. So I'm gonna tell you to swipe on "Locked Out of Heaven," of but you course. know, free will it and all. It
1: goes without saying.
0: Yeah, check that out. Um, Instagram at Birth of the Fey underscore novel, and that's probably the best place to keep up on all things Faye. because all my announcements are on there, and when the next book is coming out. But you can buy the books on uh, Amazon if you don't want to give Bezos any money. I yeah. get it. Yep. You can check it out on. Bookshop.org because the proceeds goes to your local bookshop, uh, and then any place Target, BarnesandNobles.com have all the books, or FourHorsemenPublications.com. You can check me out there, and that will tell you where else you can go to buy the books.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so very much for sharing this uh, wonderful journey with us, Danielle. Now, if you're on the call today, and you would like to get access to these wonderful series of books that Danielle's created, make sure you visit birthofthefay.com I'll be making sure that you get access to that link below this post. No matter where you see the call, you're going to find the links back to Danielle and her wonderful work. And with that all being said, Danielle, thank you so very much for joining me on the show today.
0: Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day.